Hello everyone and welcome back to Daily Kaylee. We are still on the 13 Days of Halloween series. This episode means that we are officially ha- over halfway over this with the series this year. And that makes me so sad because this is my favorite time of year. However, today's episode is an interesting one. It is about the infield poltergeist. I usually don't talk about paranormal or supernatural occurrences on this podcast. It's usually about true crime and things like that. But I thought this was an interesting, an interesting supernatural case, if you can call it that. The infield poltergeist is the notorious name for the claim of supernatural activity that happened at 284 Green Street which was a house in Enfield, London, in the UK. The claims of paranormal activity happened between 1977 and 1979. The activity seemed to center around two sisters by the name of Janet and Margaret Hodgson. Margaret was 13 and Janet was 11. And it is a very controversial case. Some members of the Society for uh, Psychical Research, I've never heard that word before, Um, some members, including other paranormal professionals, they believed this was genuine. However, others criticized this case. They were completely unconvinced and they had found their own evidence that the girls were faking these events. So, like I said, very controversial. It's kind of up in the air on what really happened, if this was real or if it was a hoax. So, let's continue. The claims began in August of 1977 when a single mom by the name of Peggy Hodgson called the Metropolitan Police to her home at, like I said, 284 Green Street in Enfield, London. She claimed she had seen her furniture moving by itself and that two of her four children, Janet and Margaret, had heard knocking sounds on the walls. A constable reported witnessing a chair wobble and slide, but she could not determine the cause of the movement, leading her to believe it was moving by itself. After this, the initial call to the police and the constable witnessing strange things, it seemed to not only grow more attention, but become more astonishing. After this, the claims from the girls and Peggy included disembodied voices, strange loud noises, toys being thrown across the room, chairs being randomly overturned, and Peggy and Margaret levitating. For about 18 months, more than 30 people, including neighbors, researchers, journalists, you name it, they investigated, and they saw that they saw heavy furniture moving on its own accord, objects being thrown across the room, and the two girls seeming to levitate several feet off the ground. More than 30 people said they saw this with their own eyes. 
a lot of these investigators also not only heard knocking noises and a strange deep voice, but they recorded it. This story was big news. It was recorded in newspapers everywhere until 1979. The Society for Psychical Research, I really hope I'm saying that correctly, a couple of its members came out to the house to investigate, and they reported whistling and barking noises coming from Janet. Well, from around Janet. They could not, it didn't seem to be Janet making this noise, but it was coming from her direction every time they heard it. Guy Lyon Playfair, who worked for the SPR, the Society for Psychical Research, he wrote in his book that he later published, he wrote that he believed an entity was to blame for these disturbances. However, he doubted the legitimacy of what the children were saying, and he wondered if they were either exaggerating what was happening for attention, or if they were just completely playing a game to trick people. However, even though he, he determined that even though some of this could be faked by the girls or exaggerated, he believed that other incidents were completely legit. They could not be explained. Other paranormal investigators also visited the house and studied the case, including Ed and Lorraine Warren. They visited the house in 1978, and they were both convinced that the events happening here had a supernatural explanation. And I don't know about you, but I trust Ed and Lorraine Warren. They may have made up every goddamn thing in all of their research. But they, I believe them. I trust them. Something about them I trust. Not only because their research is so popular, but because of the nature of the work they're doing. It is scary as shit. I don't think I could be a demonologist. Even if I had all the training, my little coward heart could not do it. So, I trust their opinion to at least to an extent. Janet was... What is the word I'm looking for? She was, I guess, proven to be tricking them at certain times. Margaret was not, but Janet was. They videotaped the house and recorded the house, and they found a few things, obviously, were like, okay, Janet, we see you. One of them is a video camera in a room next to hers was shooting through the door, and it caught her. They caught her bending spoons and attempting to bend an iron bar, I guess to say that these things just happened. Investigators had also observed Janet banging a broom handle on the ceiling, I guess to pretend that that loud noise wasn't her, and hiding tape recorders so that they would mysteriously go missing and there would be no explanation. I don't know if you can hear my daughter. She is supposed to be in bed, and she is in bed just having the time of her life in the dark. So if you can hear her, I think she's just really excited about this case. 
back to what I was saying about Janet being sus. So, one of the strange, deep voices that the girls supposedly heard, one of them Janet called Bill. This voice would talk through Janet, which was um, terrifying. However, several investigators noticed that Bill, while he was talking through Janet, he had a habit of just suddenly changing the subject. And that was a habit that Janet herself had. So they were a bit perplexed on that and thought that she could have been tricking them. Janet and Margaret admitted to pranking some of the journalists in the house for, like, certain things. But they would not admit to making up the whole thing. So, like I said, it's kind of up in the air on if it really happened or if it didn't. It's your personal belief. A lot of professionals said that the girls had suspicious behavior. Their claims were suspicious. It was clear that they had staged some of these incidents for a sensational story, which I said they probably did exaggerate a few things to just make it bigger than it was. A few people investigated and suggested that Janet was practicing ventriloquism, which would kind of explain on how she could do other voices without being detected that it was her speaking, if that makes sense, like her mouth wasn't moving. They had a stage musician come in to investigate the infield poltergeist to see what he thought. He said he did not observe anything that was paranormal and that, once again, he thought Janet was very suspicious. And he thought Janet was just a little girl who was very, very clever who wanted to cause trouble. He also was joined by a ventriloquist who agreed with his statement, I guess that's what I'm looking for. And he said that he thought Janet's male voices were simply vocal tricks because she was, he thought she was practicing ventriloquism. Like he, like he does. It's easy. Apparently. I mean, I don't know. But according to him, I mean, it's something that could be explained. Like I said, there is so much controversy about this. People were being slammed back and forth people were being too trusting or people were being too harsh it was it was literally any man's guess on if if this case was legit or not someone said that when the disembodied demonic voices were being heard janet's lips were hardly moving which is once again why they think she was practicing ventriloquism because it was strange why would her lips hardly be moving if someone's controlling her body? I don't know. There was also a remote-controlled camera. Which means the photographer was not always in the room. It was set up to take pictures every 15 seconds. And some of these photos reveal that the girls were pranking. Were pranking people. There is one photo that shows Janet levitating. But when you look at the photo taken 15 seconds beforehand... It shows her bouncing off the bed like a trampoline. So she was not levitating. But the picture, if you saw that one picture, you would believe it. There also were a few tape recorder malfunctions. And some people thought, okay, well this is a sign of paranormal activity. 
Um, no, it was debunked. There was a problem with that particular model of tape recorder. I mean, really? There is no solid evidence for paranormal activity. But if you are going to be a ghost or a demon, would you want there to be solid evidence of you messing with people? No, you wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't. So, like I said, it's it's up in the air. A lot of the investigators, well, I won't say a lot, but it's about half and half. Some of the investigators believed that Janet could not have been making up these voices because the crazy-ass demonic deep voice that came from Janet, it did not have the vocal range or the vocabulary of a child, which is strange. The vocabulary, I mean, she could write a dictionary, I don't know. But the vocal range, I don't know. I feel like when you're a child, you can't really, I mean, you can't explain that. However, it's very sus. It is very sus. There is proof of the girls being sus and messing with shit to make it seem like something else happened. But there was also things that no no explanation can be proven. I wish that I had more to say about this case. I really do. I will leave you with this last piece of information. There was an article in a magazine a few years ago of a psychology professor by the name of Chris French, and he described five simple reasons why he believed this case was a hoax. Not even like half prank, half real, like a complete hoax. These are his five reasons. One, the two sisters involved admitting hoaxing some of the activity, which is already a red flag. Two, the photo of Janet levitating above her bed could just as easily be explained as Janet jumping. Three, the spirit of the old man who supposedly possessed Janet took a great deal of interest in menstruation Four, eyewitnesses are notoriously unreliable. And five, other schoolgirl pranks before and after have gotten just as out of hand. This case is extremely famous. There have been books, documentaries, movies, so, so much that have been inspired by this case the conjuring 2 which i'm sure we've all seen if we are here that film is based on ed and lorraine warren's investigation of this particular case so before you tell me what you think of this case i want you to go watch the conjuring 2 and then come back and listen to this again and then tell me what you think obviously the conjuring 2 is like 75 percent fiction but tell me what you think i hope you guys enjoyed this case Maybe my next paranormal case will actually be something extremely spooky. So if you guys have any suggestions, message me on Facebook and let me know. Bye, guys.